Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Beloit School's Community Talk. Um, I'm Sarah Weiss, here with just one brother tonight, um, and Matthew and I are ready to kick off summer with you. Okay, school is out for the summer, and um, with that we have a, f- a few updates, and we're looking at a little bit of a shorter episode tonight. But there are some important updates after last uh, time's bombshell. Okay, so first off, we want to we want to start with our star staff this week, and those go to our school district of Beloit retirees. Um, this year, 2018, is Joanne Buckley, uh, Candy Clough, Kelly Endel, Esther Humphrey, Greg Schneider, Robert Shaver and Mary Studeman. Uh, Thank you for your service to our students and and the district, and best of luck, enjoy everything that retirement has to offer. Um, And we have some big shoes to fill in our community. Um, Well, and we know that it takes a lot to sacrifice for so long, to work in education for so long, and uh, if one little shout out from one little corner of the internet uh, can help with that, then I think that's really great. Yeah, all the props, all the props to them. So um, next we got uh, a board committee. So um, Pam Charles kind of spearheaded this on the board, uh, restructuring into different uh, format for the committees involving more parents, more community members, uh, and just overall more stakeholders to get more voices and perspectives. So those um, committees have been assigned and um, I am on the staff committee. So I'll I'll definitely keep you guys posted on the latest happenings there. And I believe the infrastructure uh, just met. So I haven't heard of any other committees meeting quite yet, um, but I'm looking forward to that new structure and myself just personally looking forward to um, you know being a little bit more involved and um, you know talking to those other stakeholders in our community a bit more. In addition to that and the board committees President Endress, as we recall from our last episode and from the last board meeting in May, uh, there was a allegation that she had violated uh, Dr. Tom Johnson's HIPAA rights uh, through her provider, through her employer at Beloit Health Systems. Uh, Beloit Health Systems cleared her. They completed an investigation into their record-keeping software. It looks looks like or feels like, and then. Um, released a letter to her saying that they couldn't find anything that she had done illegally. And so uh, she released that back to the board and back to the Beloit Daily News. Um, In the time period since then, the board has actually, they announced very recently that they even ended their investigation into her. Uh, And uh, the probably the most striking piece of that, uh, that investigation was that there was no more Uh, information or announcements or really any kind of uh, secondary uh, follow-up to Dennis Baskin's accusations or allegations that he made at the public board meeting. It's just an interesting thing to kind of continue to keep an eye on for us. I know as we um, 
we were kind of talking about this in the aftermath of the backdoor politics uh, that it just seems like that was um, not short-sighted, but it's something that clearly, um, clearly there might be some other factors at play there. And uh, we're going to continue to keep an eye on those because it just doesn't seem to be adding up completely. Yeah, I think that's in my eyes. That's the phrase I was going to use. Something it just isn't adding up. Um, you know, very surprised that that Dennis had nothing further to say, um, nothing further to bring forward to the board um, during their investigations of it, and yeah, you know, I I think uh, it shocked quite a few people. Um, just something like you said it isn't adding up. I thought he had much more. To, to bring to the table, and um, yeah, so, something's not right there, Matthew. Right, and, and if there is more to add, like, I want to know it, right? right. Like, yeah. I think, and I think the board genuinely wants to know it. I think, Definitely. I think it, he owes it to his community that he claims to care so passionately and deeply about um, to share that with us. Um, but at the same time, I, I understand that he may not want to for whatever that reason is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not I agree with whatever that reason might be is a different story. Um, and I think that, um, it's, I think it's really hard for me to continue to take him seriously if he's going to, going to level an accusation like that in a public meeting and then not address any of the things that were kind of just like the logical next question. Right. Everybody was waiting for the next, everybody was waiting for this person you're talking about. What is it that, you know, um, how are you getting up and making these these comment like these commentaries? Um, and that's not again. It's we've talked about this last time, but that's not to diminish the kind of other things that he talked about in his uh, in his nine minutes at that meeting. Um, and that's it's not to to diminish any of those things. But you cannot come out and say those, make these accusations, make these allegations against a sitting board member, and then not be able to back up any of it with anything um even a no comment back mm-hmm. um to the boy daily news or to the board um it doesn't even sound like they got that when they were completing their investigation from him and so that's it's something i think we'll keep an eye on yeah uh so you in addition betcha. to what's that you betcha you betcha <laughs> uh so in addition to um that um, there's actually been a new complaint filed against the board. Uh, this was released in the Boy Daily News on, I think this was Monday. Um, and so uh, it, from the article, it doesn't look like there's been um, a whole lot of information yet due to some of the initial conversations taking place in closed meetings and the Boy Daily News' Freedom of Information Act requests being denied by the district. Um, but one of the things that I want to point out about this article, if you didn't catch it, is that the Bullet Daily News does what they do best, and that is they quote themselves. <laughs> um, they're so confident in their reporting that they get to be a primary source. Um, free advertisement, right? You, it's free advertisement. You know, they're already buying the paper, right? Exactly. Um, and so they quote themselves again at the end of that article, um, citing that they had written another article from a previous investigation talking about how the district had spent about $92,000 in legal fees the last time one of these accusations or investigations took place. And so we're now looking back at a now 
another little bit in money being spent by the district that is not being used to recruit a new superintendent, being used to recruit a new high school principal, and being used to recruit a new, now, new men's basketball coach. Um, you know, there's, again, here we are spending money on things that are not our students. And um, Yeah, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, if I can chime in here, um, you know, I'm not... The, the context and um, kind of the tone, I guess, of the Blade Daily News article mentioning this um, read to me as, hey guys, we just went through this, um, you know, ring around um, with Dennis and nothing came of it. And that was very short, you know, that was just a little blip. Um, but you know, we just had this ring around. In the past, we had these couple ring arounds that cost us a bunch of money. Here's this next one coming through. And so I don't think it's um, diminishing the complaints. Um, and I, it's not <laughs> being like, don't come forward with, you know, the serious allegations that you have, or if you feel that you are wronged, or you feel you know, that you aren't being served the way you should by your employer, anything like that. But um, for the for the article's sake, it was in this context of, um, you know, the, the, the recent allegations that were proven very quickly to be um, un, not backed. So. Right, and it's some of this stuff is starting to read a little bit like axe grinding um, yeah. more than it is legitimate stuff. Um, and my concern with that, kind of to address your point, Sarah, is how is that stopping people or just awaiting people from bringing legitimate complaints mm. against the board? And that's not to say that this isn't a legitimate complaint. That oh, is no. to say that um, the more that we see the board spending this money and now we're talking about spending the money again, and this is how we are kind of acting as a, as a district. If these are, these are the actions we're choosing to take, um, it's a lot harder for people to to bring forward something legitimate if it's just this constant merry-go-round of, well, he said this and she said this and then there's no information, there's no this and there's no that. Um, right. It's just, it's wasting time, it's distracting, um, mm-hmm. and it's unfor- unfortunately and very frustrating and expensive. Um, and I think it's, it ever, it's a lose-lose on everyone's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just unfortunate because again, who loses out the kids yeah. the students the staff the faculty um kind of of our district uh just unfortunate so we'll keep an yeah. eye on that one too um knowing that hopefully there will be more information coming forward about that um i'm it's i understand why a freedom of information act request or information public record request would be denied but um i i hope that they continue to at least do and apply for those knowing that at some point some of this stuff will have to be public if there's going to be payment made to a lawyer or if there's going to be something happening that we should be able to find out more information on. All right, right. Yep, so that so there we, we have our, our district update. We have, um, you know, the board as a whole kind of update. We have a little bit about the media um, and what's been going on circulating in the news. And um, so, so now I wanted to bring up this new academy format that will be happening at Boyd Memorial High School. Um, so if, for those of you who haven't heard, um, the high school is, is moving towards um, college and career academies, and this will be for all students, um, but their, their primary focus, as I understand it, next year is 
for the freshman class since they're getting you know this this new concept all four years of their high school career right so um, this would start um, as a freshman and basically you would choose into one of three different college and career academies one being um, <laughs> the acronym ACMES or automotive construction manufacturing and then engineering and science is also in that um, you have the BAC which is business arts communication hospitality Right. And then you have HHPS, which is health services, human services, public services. And, you know, I, I have this packet that they, they gave to students kind of uh, announcing and explaining this new academy format. And um, it's unclear to me kind of how they're going to, they're, how they're exactly going to implement this. Um, but it seems to me like a much more um, open kind of format and um, you know I don't think that I was, I was afraid that it would this would be um, heavy in tracking students into kind of different um, achievement levels and or achievement bands and the way that you know it kind of is set up to me it seems like they're really trying to make students make connections between what they do in high school and what they want to do after high school. And I think when you do that, that's a positive thing. Totally agree. So, I, I mean, yeah. did you have more to say on that? or I was Yeah, gonna... I, think, I think that connection um, is so important because I think it also has to do with student retention in terms mm -hmm. of like truancy, in terms of so many other issues. Um, right. And in, in, even in terms of continued enrollment in the district, um, if students can see how their education matters to them and how it will connect with something that will be important to them down the line, I think they're more likely to be an active participant in it. Um, I just know working at the college level, that's something we focus a lot on, is making sure students feel connected to their academic coursework. Um, and so I think that somewhat applies to the K-12 environment too. Um, I'm really curious to see how this looks in two or three years. Um, right. Because I think the thing that you talk about, this like the kind of achievement bands and that kind of stuff, um, I'm worried that this gets uh, modified little bit by little bit by little bit. Right. Um, yeah, and definitely. then down the line is just a de facto tracking mechanism mm -hmm. as opposed to this kind of career readiness. Uh, effort that they have put together now um, right now when you look at it it makes total sense and it's definitely tied to the careers and definitely tied to uh, their their life beyond uh, beyond the high school uh, whether that be working in the work putting going out into the workforce or going to college and then going to the workforce um, or military or whatever that might be um, but as time goes on and as budgets get uh, looked at and reevaluated and shifted around and class scheduling happens, um, what does it look like actually in, in kind of a yeah. practical nature matters right. a lot. Right. So I just kind of wanted to focus in on, um, on this one. It's Manufacturing and Skilled Trades Pathway. This is in the, the ACMES kind of academy. 
and basically they they in this packet they have all these different pathways and all these different careers underneath the pathways for the students to see and then they also list off courses by grade level that um you know would gear you towards that pathway they give you recommended elective courses to enhance that pathway and then also they give you potential certifications so for this manufacturing and skilled trades pathway there's you know two potential certifications that they list um, there are careers through black or i mean sorry there are courses through blackhawk on here um, the it goes up to you know having an internship and so it kind of lays out for the student a little bit better and a little bit more thoroughly i mean this packet is um, yeah, I don't even know, like probably it feels like 25 to 30 pages back to back um, of all these different pathways. And so like Matthew said, you know, if, depending on how this practically is implemented um, and if this is really just um, kind of an, um, an advising tool, I think the, the, I think it's awesome. Um, I think, again, making connections with the students, um, between what they're doing in high school and what they hope to achieve outside of it is important and you can never do enough of that um, and to do that in more trades based fields is especially important to do that in more you know stem and then also you know with the the, the services academy to do that um, is really important as well to kind of being able to make what you have done in high school work for you in the future and i think I think knowing that about this program, um, I'm curious just to hear more about how they're rolling this out to students and how they're mm -hmm. explaining this. Um, I just know that I was the kind of student in high school, if you would have handed me this 25-page packet, I would have been <laughs> yeah. like, I oh would God, have yeah. been all about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I actually I, didn't think that you were going there. I thought you were going to be like, this is, I'm not reading this, actually. Yeah, I would have been all about it. I was okay. a student in high school that, like, read all of the little, like, course registration books mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah. But I know that I, I am the odd man out uh, on that one. Um, so I think how you explain that to high school students matters. Um, and how they, it, it's a really great program, but if they're not utilizing it to their full advantage, then it's, it's something that... Um, we offer but that it's not not utilized well and a waste of time and money that way you know and so i think part of me just wonders and hopes that they are paying really close attention to how they're rolling that out to students um, there's a lot of opportunities for them to educate them about that um, there's a lot of really cool things out there that their guidance office or that they're they're kind of like leaders or quote unquote like homeroom or whatever in these academies potentially um, could be doing or kind of integrating things into the curriculum that are giving students exposure to these different pieces earlier in their high school career so they can potentially change or modify or um, you know take a different pathway or whatever uh, they're choosing to do I think that's really important for our students to knowing that uh, they aren't going to be all leaving and graduating and going to college or they're not all going to be leaving and graduating and going to the workforce and that there are different skill sets that those students need in order for them to be successful after graduation and i think sometimes in this school debate like kind of even with us um i know michael and i tend to take this side more so than you sarah because we um 
haven't had as much exposure exposure to just schools in general mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a healthy reminder and something to think about and remind ourselves that like these students what success looks like for students right. looks different yes from maybe what we personally experienced or from what certain segments of our population look like the Simply put, there's just students in our community who are never going to go to college, and that has to be okay, but we also need to make sure our public educational system in Beloit is equipped to handle and to train those students for whatever it is next. And if this is the first step of something really awesome, I will be the first person to support it. I just want to make sure and continue to hope that they are keeping those pathways open for students to make sure continued education is something accessible and something that they can see as a possibility and not writing it off as a freshman. Yeah, and, and I, I'm sure we'll go into tracking in, in, a, in a later episode, but you know, as, as I know this format, it's, they're only asking students to take one course of their, in their pathway um, per year. And if that's the case, you know, it's, it's allowing students to choose many courses in pathways that they did not choose um and so it, at least in that sense it's not heavily tracked where okay this student chose manufacturing and whatever as a freshman or was pressured into choosing manufacturing and whatever because that's you know the type of student that the adult who was advising them you know thought that he, that person was um there seems to be a lot of student choice and student mobility um between the pathways and academies and so again um i i will look to see we'll keep you posted on how that it practically plays out in the fall okay can i jump in and do one more shout out yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. not on our little agenda here, Sarah. Yeah. Um, but one that I just want to point out to you, I know like for if we have any high school students who are listening to this, um, we have a couple more weeks before AP scores come out. Yes. Um, and so I've been, uh, I know that I've, our, some of our faculty members at, at where I work have been off grading AP exams. Um, but one that I would love to throw out just to anyone who's just curious about the AP process uh, and how... Uh, how it looks like on an aggregate, like a large scale level. Um, I give you a Twitter follow. His name is Trevor Packer. He works for the for the College Board, um, and he's kind of one of the head people in charge of making sure that all of the instruction and curriculum within the AP program is working nationally. Um, so definitely give his his Twitter a look if you have one. Uh, it's at AP underscore Trevor T R E V O R. Um, he's a really sending out some really interesting stuff and as the scores come in it's really interesting to see him talk about um, how scores change over time and uh, how students are um, doing well or doing not well on certain certain types of questions or certain categories of questions on particular exams just a really interesting look so if you're looking for for a little fun little corner of the internet these days at AP Trevor on social media on the Twitter I have been nerding it up and um, making sure I'm updated on his tweets <laughs> the past couple of days because I found some things interesting about, 
you know, the breakdown of scores, um, the kind of like the five-year trends, um, the turnarounds, all of that. So. And he is a prolific Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> Twitterer. Especially uh, during AP grading times. During AP grading season, he is pro very prolific. So uh, definitely consider giving him a follow if you don't already. Awesome. Uh, the last thing I just want to kind of throw out there, Matthew and I thought that, you know, we'll just mention it. We'll get to it in a later episode, I'm sure. But that's along with the Academy format. It seems as if um, the freshman class will be doing more uh, of a contained academy um, system somehow and also doing periods um, so seven or eight periods a day instead of the you know five block modified block that we have going on right now so that's just something that I wanted to throw out there um, again as Matthew was saying we don't know how that's going to change how that is you know might might be tweaked because of the academy format in the future but um, as I know of this right now, um, <laughs> next year freshmen will be doing um, period days and the um, upperclassmen will be doing what they have been done. And, and this is not new for Bullet Memorial to experiment and change up um, their schedules. I think in my four years of high school there, the schedule was different every single year. Um, I started off as a freshman in you know, um, periods where I took core classes in the mornings all year round, or like all, you know, not all, not in the summer, I wasn't there in the summer, guys, but the whole time I was in, you know, math, science, English, and history, and then a block with upperclassmen at the end of my day, Um, and then by the end of my, you know, senior year, that was totally phased out again, Um, and we were doing, you know, funky things with skinny periods, blocks, all this. So, um, scheduling is <laughs> a beast. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I know Michael has so many thoughts. It's uh, a so beast. I definitely want to save that for later on. <laughs> so we, we will say that we'll get back to it. Um, hopefully on an episode soon. Um, but other than that, we wish everyone a, a safe and, um, you know, relaxing and adventurous I did just put all those three things together, um, summer, and um, just a shout out to, um, you know, Beloit does have a summer food program, so you can find a location um, that serves lunch during summer days, and yeah, I don't know what else cool we got going on this summer, but um, I'll be sure to hit up the farmer's market this week. I'm going with Casanova, Matthew, this weekend to the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, um, this is Bullet Schools Community Talk. Please message us on Facebook if you if you like our show, if you have something to say, if you have feedback, if you have comments, um, if you have a correction, if you need to call us out on something, please message us or uh, you can email us at Bullet Schools Community Talk at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody.